This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. It's um, really a privilege to be sharing the word in a church where you can sense the faith. That's awesome. It's a privilege for me to be here. Um, thanks, Andre and Sonica, for inviting me. And, and thank you, everyone, for allowing me to be a part of your journey because you are also forming a part of my journey. Amen. Last time I was here, we didn't have this incredible background. Yeah, I, I get to have the pink today. Thanks. Uh, I'll take it. It's awesome. Guys, with my slides, uh, your venue looks amazing. Your coffee is amazing. Uh, it seems like there's in every place in this building, there's something happening. There's church here, and then there's youth there in the back building. I just went to the bathroom, and there literally was a little church session going on there. There was two, three men, and when I came in, like, that was awesome, and we just, you know, do what guys did in bathrooms, church. So uh, there's life everywhere here. Yeah, it's awesome to be here. I, I'm married to Junae. And one day she'll still come with me. Amen. And then the, we also want to attend the Fan the Flame evening. Can we do that? We'd love that. Um, I've got three children. Um, they are zero, four, and eight. So they are spaced. So we had, uh, or we are almost completing 12 years. We will be on about 10 years of changing nappies. We're almost done. <laughs> almost done. Praise the Lord. We need fanning the flame, Andres. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. My heart is to really see you living out your faith. That, that's my heart. I love thinking about what the world needs to see and hear to come near to church. I love building bridges from the world out there into the church. And then I also love to move to the other side and prepare the church for what she should be ready to do when the world arrives in need of love and care. That's my heart. So when we moved to Secunda, I just in, in Cape Town, I was in Cape Town. I finished being a part of a cycling community. I did a couple of Absa Cape Epics. That's just a little race that happens around South Africa. And then when we moved to Secunda, I picked up 25 kilograms to be a part of the rugby club. I had so many protein shakes that if, if I saw a shaker, I ran away just to pick up weight in order to um, stand my ground on a rugby field and then arrived at the rugby club. And the one guy said, what are you doing here? Aren't you that pastor? I said, yeah, I'm a pastor. Don't tell everyone yet. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to trick everyone here. You know, I'm trying to bring some life without you putting me in the pastor box. He said, you won't last here. This place is too rough. Eight years later, myself and some guys in the church ran the place. We were on the committees. We were the coaches. Yeah, praise the Lord. Um, and after three years, we won the Mpumalanga Cup for the first time in the history. And now it's six years later. One of the guys in our church took over from me, and he's keeping on the winning streak. Six years, Mpumalanga champions. Because when God enters a life or a place, Things change. Uh, you win, and and winning is not always like for us. It's uh, I'm glad that winning for us means lifting 
the cup. But it took us three years, but we were already winning before that because people started to get saved. Back in Hermanus, um, I'm trying to shed some of that rugby weight. Now I'm a part of the bodyboarding community. I, I ride for Boerland, or we are called uh, CWB, Cape Winelands Bodyboarding. Last year, I went to SA's in Natal, and we competed against a region called ECB. Who knows who that is? It's the Eastern Cape bodyboarding team. And they had some good riders because they train here at Ganubi, I understand, Nahoon Beach and around Port Alfred. They were not afraid, those guys, but they're in big trouble this year because they need to come to Hermanus for essays. So we're waiting for them there at Andres on the slabs, and there we'll, we'll, I will mop ECB there. Okay. Send my regards. <laughs> if you find Clinton Millard, he's a captain. He's a security company. Just tell him he's going to have trouble. I just try and connect with my world, the world around me, and, and I ask God to help me take light where there's darkness. That's it. And I'm telling you, I am not, I don't have a great strike record, but I have learned that when we are available, God really uses us. I remember in the rugby club, 2013, just after a game in the locker room, the guys were singing. There was three brothers, and they were like, praise Jesus for this game. It was awesome. And I thought, yeah, yeah. These guys, I'm going to go for them because they seem ready, you know. And I said, hey, do you guys want to come to church? Um, I started to use this, the fact that I'm playing rugby and a pastor. Just, you know, you'll, I think you'll enjoy church because I'm just like you. You know, you're welcome. And they said, yes, yes, we want to come. They came once and they never came back. And I'm like, Lord, I mean, I, I put my body on the line here, Lord, literally invited these guys, please, please, just some fruit for the work of my hands. They never came back. But another guy, he was just watching this whole thing happen. And he said, hey, can I come to church? And I said, yes. He came and, and his life changed along with his wife. And then through him, many people came to faith. And I was focusing on these guys. Yeah, give the Lord a clap. I, I, I'm focusing on these men here. But God knew he would touch that person first. And so I don't often don't know where I'm going. It's like John. Okay, John went to the Isle of Patmos. And so he's looking, he's like bowing, he's looking for God. And then the voice behind him said, John, he's like, oh. you know, and, and so I'm like him a lot of the time. <laughs> Just a couple of months back. So what happens in Armanus is there's a lot of people moving from other provinces to Hermanus. So our church is actually growing with a lot of Christians. So if we don't make evangelism a discipline, we might lose it. So now at the end of the year, last year, I'm challenging all my small group leaders. I say, guys, here's my challenge. Each one, invite an unbeliever to church or small group. We have to practice this muscle. And you know what? I will invite four people. I tell them bravely. And I did. I invite four people. Um, but I got rejected four out of four. Um, I can read you the messages. Sorry, I don't feel the calling right now. That was the one wording. The other one was, Danke, Mania. The one was, no, um, he was more apologetic because he's better friends with me. I understand your heart, but I'm going to find my own spiritual way right now. At least they all answered. They didn't ghost me. They said, they will not come. I'm like, oh, man. 
But I know I felt alive. I felt like I was doing what I was supposed to do. And then one guy got radically saved, also in the surfing community, but not one of those I invited once again. And he came in with his wife. Life changed around uh, in a discipleship group of me. God is always at work. Sometimes we're looking in the wrong direction, but as long as we are going, things happen. And that's just a little about God, me and my failings, you know. But God never fails. Um, it's hard for me to bring a sermon this morning because I actually enjoy cooking in a congregation for longer times. Um, there is a few things on my heart for this year. Prophetically, I I feel it's a time where uh, where the enemy wants us to bring priests again into our life. He wants us to have people between us and our relationship with God. And we find those priests on YouTube and we go to them. Tell us what God is saying. Speak to me what God is saying. And, and, and I really feel it's a time for us to eliminate the priest. I'm not saying we shouldn't use our resources I, I just don't hear people saying anymore, I've read this great book in the Bible for myself. Oh, no. Oh, well, sorry. I haven't heard anyone lately say, I've read this great book. It changed my life. And the name of the book is the book of James. Or the name of the book is the book of 1 Peter. But I hear many people say, I've heard this great sermon from this person. I've heard this great revelation from that person. I've heard this great prophecy from this person. And... um uh, I just have a fear that we might reinstate priests. Um, and so that's one thing on my heart that I, that I trust the Lord just to help me with, le- that we lead people to him directly. Amen. Another thing I'm seeing um, and I'm trusting the Lord for is, uh, is just what social media has done for us. It's not a new thing, you know, even with the Pharisees. Jesus said, from the outside, you you look clean, but on the inside, there's, there's death, you know, and, and what Facebook, Instagram, and all these things have done for us, it has helped us compensate for inner emptiness by stacking up on the outside, all right, so we compensate for a lack of substance by trying to show people we have substance, we are okay, but we're not okay, um, and for that, we need, we need the Lord to help us. You know, in, in our town, even in our church, in a, not in that one, in the church. Listen, I'm, I'm not saying don't take care of yourself. All I'm saying is let's remember book of one Peter, that which God desires is the beauty on the inside. Let's remember that both women and men, women sometimes feel the pressure to expound their worth by by the beauty of their body and men often by the beauty of their possession. So we're all guilty. Um, and so I, God is clearly speaking to me because I'm also a human, so I'm also susceptible uh, to temptation, right? So I have a word, I'm not allowed to sell or upgrade my car. because I still have the same car since 2007. Her name is Krefpoort because it's... Uh, <laughs> It is a red Ford Fiesta with two doors only. That's my car. And um, even if affordability is not an issue, I will not upgrade her because I have a word for now to keep on driving a 
to kick back because the substance of life is what I carry within, not without. Okay. So, so God is busy with some themes in my life. Um, also my clothes, I've got, um, I lost a, a little bit of weight moving from rugby to bodyboarding. So I've got in my, I played rugby and I was, so I've got a lot of shirts, but some of them, they're like tents now. Okay. So I've got about four or five that fit well, but I'm not buying any more. So some people in church, a church, they want to buy me clothes because they said they, they, they pick up, I'm preaching in the same clothes and I just tell them. And, for, and then one day I wanted to feel a little bit ashamed that it's gone. So I said, you know what? Get used to it because I have those five and they fit and they get washed every week and I'm just going to use them until they don't fit or until, you know, because I'm kicking, I'm kicking back against a temptation that I must dress myself externally in a way that appeals to, to people. I'm, I just, I won't have it. I'm training my people the wrong things, you know. And so why am I saying this? I think the answer to both these things lies in this. Can we silence the noises and track where Jesus is at and follow after what we see? I think that's where it is. For example, He had no place to lay his head. He died the poorest man on earth, along with those who had nothing, even the clothes on his body. That's my Jesus. Now, you tell me I need more than five shirts. I'm sorry, I, I don't care. There's nothing wrong if you've got 30. All I'm saying is I don't need that because I'm looking at him and I'm like, I'm rich compared to him. Does that make sense? If we can track him and learn from him, use social media, it is powerful, but don't get caught by it. Please, don't get caught by it. Right. That's not what I'm preaching about. But I'm preaching about the answer, the ability to track him, the ability to find him. Jesus says, Mark 13, 14, he said, the scripture says, he called them to himself that he might send them out. He called them to himself. He's calling you to himself. And sometimes you need to go to YouTube because you're not even in church and you want to watch catch up what Pastor Andre's talked about or sometimes you have to go there, but he's not calling you to him through YouTube. He's calling you to himself that he might send you out, canceling the noises. He's there ready to have a relationship with you. So what I want to do this morning is I want to practice with you all. Practice with you. We're going to track Jesus in some of the things he did. Highlight one or two, no, highlight three things, and then we're going to apply it to ourselves. Okay? You can do this every day when you read the Bible. Find him in the scriptures and ask him to make you like him, and you'll be different in the world. I'm not saying we should not have nice, nice things. I'm not saying 
We should not host well. This is incredible church. There's nothing wrong with being incredible. But the reason we do what we do is not to impress someone that visits or person. What we do here, I speak on your behalf, Andre, is to host the King of Kings properly in the midst of people. Not to impress. It's a massive difference. When you come to my house, I know I don't have, I don't need the most <laughs> expensive things. I was just joking with Andre. Um, if you've got a smeg toaster, yeah, who knows what, you know, who knows what that thing costs. You better make sure when people come in that they can read it's a smeg one. Don't turn it around because you pay a lot for that. Like, I don't need the most expensive stuff to host you, but I'll try and what I have to have it clean and be beautiful so that you feel welcome. You see, there's a difference, right? Okay. So host well, bless the people, please. Um, spend money on people to make them feel loved. Yeah. Okay. For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities, it can never by the same sacrifice that are continually offered every year make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered since the worshippers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sins. Just hang with me. We're going to read one portion, but it's going to be 12 scriptures, and then I'm going to keep on farming on that and lift some things up for us that I hope will help us locate him. And I just want to mention here, because I, I always do it when I preach. I don't know who's new around here, so just allow me just to stand still for a little while. In the Old Covenant... God made a way for people to reconnect with him after they sinned. He had a way, he had a plan momentarily to atone for their sins. Now what they did is, you can read this in Leviticus, they, depending on the sin, and depending whether it was a leader, uh, uh, an offender, uh, a sin on purpose, or a sin by accident, you would bring some kind of animal, also depending on what you can afford, to the priest. And then there was rules on how he would work atonement for you. For example, you'd bring an animal and that animal would be killed. And what would happen is the animal would take your guilt and then die. Okay. And your sins would be atoned for in a way. There would be peace between you and God. Okay. But what the scripture says, since the sacrifice of an animal is not perfect and sufficient... Even though there was forgiveness for you in your consciousness, okay, in your heart, you knew you would have to return to that altar and come back in a week or in a year with an animal again. So you were never free. All right, you were never free. And, and But that's how the people, how God's people continually had to work relationship between God and the people. But it was never God's permanent plan. Let's continue on. In these sacrifices, there's a reminder of sins every year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Consequently, now we're moving towards the answer. When Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have given me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings, you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will. 
O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of a book. When he said the above, you have neither desired nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings. These are offered according to the law. Then he added, behold, he says it again, I have come to do your will. He does away with the first in order to establish the second. And by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. And every priest stands daily at his service offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. What we're going to do is we're going to track, we're going to look at three things Jesus did as he came to be our sacrifice. And then we're going to look at how we can pattern our lives after that. We're going to eliminate the noises, locate Jesus, and focus in on him. Okay. Now, I'm, every now and then, on during the next few moments, I'm going to take scriptures from that passage we just read. I gave you context. Now I'm going to take them and lift them up piece by piece. Okay. What did Jesus do here? Hebrews 10 verse 7. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will. O God, has it written of me in the scroll? When he said, The above, you have neither desired to take pleasure in all these different sacrifices. Okay. In verse 9, then he added, Behold, I have come to do your will. Look at verse 7. Look at verse 9. It's repeating the same thing that Jesus said. What is he saying? I have come to do your will. I have come. The first thing Jesus does, he makes very clearly, is he reports for duty. For one, he says, there's a problem here. Father, I have come. I am reporting for duty. We see this in the ministry of Jesus and we see it on many occasions. He reports and he commits. He comes out of heaven, gets born as a human, he reports. In the Bible it says, Jesus went from Galilee, from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized. Short sentence, long journey, 35 kilometers. Jesus needs to be where John the Baptist is baptizing in order to fulfill all righteousness. There's a problem. He's in Galilee. John is at the Jordan. What does he do? He moves himself, makes the arrangement, whatever needed. It's a day's walk. If you if you walk the whole day and if he walks fast, probably two days with a stay over, which means he's speaking to his family. He's making the arrangements, taking the pains needed in order to report for where he needs to be. John, I'm here to be baptized by you. By the way, if you read it, he goes and stands in line. It says when everyone, when everyone gets baptized, he also gets baptized. The humility of our king. He reports, he falls in the back of the line. He sees people being baptized, which he knew before the foundation of the world. Oh, look at that person going on. Oh. And then he reports, I am here. He eats a meal with his friends. 20 hours before he would die on the cross, breaks the bread. He goes to a garden. He knows what's about to happen there. They will take him. 
What does he do? Reports for duty. Never failed us. He reports, he reports, he reports. He gets to the cross. He allows them to take his hands. One, the other. No one puts him on there. Like a lamb that is silent before its shearer, he did not open his mouth. Isaiah 55. What is he doing? Reports for duty. Why? For you. Our king. We don't need priests. There's only one. His name is Jesus. It speaks about his willingness. He was willing. He was willing. Let's go on. But in these sacrifices, there's a reminder of sins every year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away since we hear this over and over. Consequently, okay, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body, say, but a body, you have prepared for me. When he said, I have come to do your will. On two occasions, I have come to do your will. He is indicating towards his willingness to report for duty on your and my behalf. When he said, but a body you have prepared for me, he's indicating that the Father has clothed him with the right body in order to fulfill the task for which he reports to. A body you have given me. Now, I want us just to talk about this for a little while because it's just amazing. An angel could not die on the cross for our sins. Why? An angel is not of the same substance as a human. It's not created with the same matter. It's a different entity. In order to stand proxy for humans, you have to be a human. Roman, uh, uh, Hebrews 2, verse 17 says that. It says, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect in order to be a high priest for us. Okay. A spirit, a spirit cannot win your salvation on a cross. Because a spirit is not like you in all, every respect. Maybe in some respects. So, Jesus is fully God and fully man. Okay, Not like one of the heresies. Not, not, not 20% man, 80% God. No, 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 no. Not man um, transfiguring into God. No, no. 100% God, 100% man. That's the doctrine of Christ. The substance of Christ. Man. A man had to die for mankind. So, he gets born. And he is man because he also died. He breathed his loss. Okay. He's of the same matter as you and I. It's incredible. Incredible. It's a lot of fuel for us there because he walked the earth. That means he can be copied. We can follow after him. It's incredible. He needed a physical body. And so that's how God clothes him. A body you have prepared for me. And perfect it was. But not only did he need a perfect body, he did not only have to be in the substance of man, he also had to carry 
the substance of God. In Psalms it says, salvation is of the Lord. Salvation for mankind could only have come from God. And so Jesus, yes, he's got a body like a man, but he carries the substance of God spiritually. He's of the same matter of God. And in order for that to happen, he could not have been conceived in the same way like we have been conceived. So what God has interrupted, okay, the cycle of the seed of man, and in Mary, he impregnates Mary by the Spirit. Jesus gets born after Adam and Eve, the first human being to be born sinless. And then he remains sinless until the last moments of the cross, having two things in his body at the same moment, the substance of man and the substance of God, purity of spirit. Okay. If I wanted to die for your sins, if I reported for that, I can report for it, which might be honorable, but I cannot do it because I have to pay for my own. And I cannot do that. That's why I pay for an eternity if I don't have Jesus in my life. A man cannot pay for his sin. That's why we're in hell for eternity. The payment cannot come. Okay. Jesus didn't need to go to hell for an eternity to die in our place because he was able to pay in a moment. He was able because he was of the right substance. So he took it. It came. Everything at once broken, he was afraid, he was scared, first time ever, first time ever had sin in him, first time, broke him to, in deep ways I don't understand, cannot comprehend, but whatever happened there, he was able to do it, a body you have given me, and he accomplishes the task, incredible, you don't need a Human priest. <laughs> He's right here. <laughs> Loves you. Now, this is so amazing. Another man, John the Baptist, see Jesus walking the earth and he says, there he is. It's him. He recognizes Jesus. says, there's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I'd like to go on the heavenly DVD and see that moment one day. The moment where the first human being recognize and puts it together at him. Because even there was time when Mary and Joseph doubted and his brothers. But John the Baptist knew. We were waiting for him. Second thing, God gave Jesus a body. He was willing and he was able. He was clothed with the right substance to complete his task. Okay. Now you know where I'm going with this. Almost done. With Jesus. We're looking at him. What are we doing now? What, what are we doing at this moment? We are beholding who Jesus is. That's all we are doing. We are now interested in who is he because I want to be like him. That is worship. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, the last part of that section, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. I'll ask you a question. 
he's all his enemies at this moment already a footstool for his feet. No. Is he running around? What is he doing? Why is he sitting? He is at peace. In the process between now and when all his enemies would be under his feet. He knows. So he is seated. And he is ruling and reigning. There's many things happening. But there will be a day when the enemies will be under his feet, finally. But for now he is sitting. He's at peace. While he's doing intercession for us. While he's bringing salvation to many while he's touching people in this church and beyond. But he's, some of his enemies, they're still running around, and he's sitting. Do you know the um, who, who used to have like massive family uh, Sunday lunches or still have? Who remembers those? Still have. And do you know when you're not behaving on the table and your father goes like this? Who remembers one of those looks? And you, you don't know what you're doing, but you know you're doing something wrong. And so you like, you set up straight, you take your stuff. And like, so Jesus may be sitting and the enemy, he wants to come close to you and he's like, yeah. It doesn't miss anything. That thing wants to come near to you and maybe he's just holding his hand like this, but he's sitting, he's not running around. He's not having nervous breakdown. Okay. He's not depressed. Okay. He's in control. Now, we've looked at him. He sat next to the Father. Let's wrap this up. Ministry of Jesus is a pattern for you. Let's go to you and me. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, Pray earnestly to the Lord of a harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lamb in the midst of wolves. Now, let's make uh, something very clear. There's certain things that you and I cannot do. Okay. Now, you guys have great faith. Maybe you're offended by me, but let me just explain myself. You cannot die for my sins and I cannot die for yours. There's only one who could do that. His name is Jesus. Okay. In heaven, you can be as full as faith if you want. There's a scroll in heaven. Everyone's crying. Everyone's distressed because no one can open that scroll. Who remembers that? Revelation. Who can open the scroll? It's almost, it's also an invitation to Satan. Come on. It's your moment. Come. Come. Open the scroll. He's nowhere to be found. No, he cannot touch that thing. I cannot open that. I don't have that authority. You cannot do that. Then the lamb comes. Okay. There's certain things that only the son can and will do. But there's certain things that we are called to do. So the question is, Lord, if that is your work and you are sending me, what is it you want me to do? I'm ready to report. Ready to report for duty. Do your best to present yourself as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Do your best to 
present yourself. What is that talking about? Report. First thing, in your ministry to the Lord, you also need to report for duty. You have to pitch. <laughs> you have to pitch. If you don't pitch, there's some signs. If you're not there, then you're not there. It is as simple as that. You have to report. You have to come to a place. It starts spiritually where you say, Lord, in my heart, I make a commitment. I am reporting. Now, that has physical and practical implications that will follow. Okay? Faith without works, it's a bogus faith. It's not really, it's, it's an illusion. Okay? I report for duty. Why? We see Jesus do it. Even Jesus. Father, I've come to do your will. Your turn. My turn. Father, I have come to do your will. You may pray that. Follow off to your master. Amen? Let's go on. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. What this means is, Jesus says, Father, a body you have given me, what this scripture indicates is that a body he has given you. A body he has given you, workmanship, Afrikaans word, vakmanskap. He has crafted you in order to fulfill your role, your duty. He gave Jesus what he needed to fulfill his work, and now he has gifted you with a body in order to accomplish what you can do. Now, we, look, we all look different. We all function different. Why is that? Because Jesus <laughs> carried a lot in himself, but we, we're a body. If, we, if we're going to do it, we have to be together. We have to do it together. And each one needs to bring what they have for good works that God had prepared for you. All right. This is simple stuff, but it's powerful. I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it well. My frame was not hidden from you. From you. What that means is even physically, physically, okay, you good. God was involved with your physical frame. Accept. <laughs> Find peace. Move on. Amen. Who is responsible? It is him. But not only your physical frame, it's enough to each is given a manifestation of a spirit for the common good having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. So your material part, constructed by God, and your immaterial part, deposited by God. Okay. Now, when we are together and we all report with what is given to us, we can move the mountains in East London. Okay, Because God knows how to prepare those he sends for the mission ahead. But you're going to have to make a 
peace with your frame and your spiritual substance and get to work. Not all of us can be here. Not all of us can be in the band. Right? And so, (laughs) if you wanted to be in the band and you auditioned and they said, you look like a good coffee maker. Then you, what they are saying is you're not gifted here. Okay. Now you can fight that for the next 30 years, go to all the other churches until someone accepts or make a peace. So Lord, what have you given me then? And advance. Amen. Amen. Because some of us are prison singers. We're always a few bars behind. We never have the right key. Okay. <laughs> but, but, When we look at people and we take their hand, something shifts in them because it has been given to us in a different way. When we serve, we don't get offended. There's some people like that. They're angels. Okay? They serve. They never complain. It has been gifted to them to serve. Okay? It's one of the gifts of Romans 12. Some people never serve. They just come to church and complain. That's a gift we'd like to take from you. Okay. We'd like to deliver from you. Okay. <laughs> take heart that a body was also prepared for you. There is a place for you in this church. Make a peace with your frame, your spiritual substance, and report for duty. Say like Jesus said, the body was given to me. I am here, Pastor Andre, Sonica, or team, I report. Why? We are following after our example. Following after him. Wrapping up. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. What will happen? The peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. Just follow me for a moment. Let your request be made known to God because there's some things that's causing you to worry or to be anxious. And when you are anxious, you are paralyzed and unfit for ministry. Okay? Because without you wanting to do it, if you live in anxiety, you are pulling attention to yourself. Okay. So what God wants you to do with anxiety is be delivered from it by making your request known to God. Okay. Now, when your request is made known to God before him, He gives you something before your circumstances might be touched. What is that? That surpasses understanding. With my understanding, I'm worried about this. And you it might be a valid concern, but there's a piece on the way that will guide you in the process forward, which I'm not sure how it will play out. Maybe deliverance from all those things that you worry about. Maybe some things take one day, ten years, but there's peace for the journey. Why is that important? You need peace when you report, and when you get working in order to bless those around you. Why are we stopping here? Remember, when Jesus did what he was supposed to do, 
which was living a life in our place, dying a death on our place. Very, to the T, obedient to the Lord. 33 years of obedience. He completed his task. It is all not done. There's some of his enemies still running around. What is he doing? He is sitting. It indicates peace. He's not running around. It, it, it indicates peace and authority. One day, one day, all the loose ends will be tied up and it will be under his feet. One day, all your loose ends will be tied up and under your feet. Maybe tomorrow. I don't know. Maybe 20 years. But are you in the meanwhile, are you ready? Do you have faith to take your peace today for the journey? Can you follow him? Can you sit and say, okay, Lord, I have stopped everything because of this thing or that person. I want to sit with you. I put this request before you. Give me peace that I might advance so long. Some parents here have prayed for children for many years. They've not yet turned around. Have you prayed? Yes. Have you prayed with others? Yes. Some of you have anointed their pillows and their shoes and their food. Have you done it? Now sit. Have peace and carry on with your calling. Take up your peace. Some loose ends will remain with you for a short time. Some loose ends will remain with you for a long time. But you need to reposition yourself in peace before God in order to advance. Okay, and we're going to pray with you this morning. Last scripture there. Taking up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Having done it all, okay, stand. After praying, obeying, learn to sit. The more you minister, that next, you can put that last slide on. The more you minister, the more people in need People in trauma, the more challenges, the more fact, they, the more unresolved things there might even be. You must learn how to go and sit at the same time. You must learn how to put yourself out there without doing this. You cannot lead like that. After you have done all, stand. Advance. Stand. Advance. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.